Warning. Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. Listener beware, you're not in for a scare. Corey Brooks hungers for Anna Corwin's kisses, drowns in her light blue eyes. He's been losing sleep, ditching his friends, and everyone has noticed. Then, as suddenly as she came to Shadyside High, Anna disappears. To find a cure for his obsession, Corey must go to Anna's house on Fear Street, no matter what the consequences. Anna may be the love of his life, but finding out her secret might mean his death. Just get homeschooled. That basically spoiled the whole book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Geesebumps, a Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. I'm Danielle. I have a PhD in English. I'm Jojo, and I have a PhD in English. I'm Jeff, and I think that if you eat more than two cookies in the morning, that that constitutes a breakfast. Okay. Now, the real question is, did you make a sandwich? No, because I didn't have any marshmallows, and or I didn't want to melt cream. some chocolate or ice cream. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'd love to have made a delicious, a healthy breakfast sandwich out of the cookies, but I didn't have all the other accoutrements. I only had the cookies. This is this inside the box thinking. Mm. That is the key difference between us who went to school and uh, Jeff yes. who went to 7-Eleven. Yes, because I... First of all, it's AM, PM because they got good stuff. Yeah, we've seen your transcripts. Yes. It's high school and then AM, PM, 7-Eleven. What I'm saying is... You don't, you're just limiting yourself to stuff that the big shots in Hollywood would want you to put in ice cream stand. Just so much stuff you can put in there. How about eggs? Yeah. yeah. How about uh, bacon? How about sausage? You know what? Between two sausalitos. I would say this does, this sounds too much, but uh, uh, a Monte Cristo is all that kind of stuff between two freaking pieces of French toast. It's correct. That's, That's disgusting. That, that is disgusting. That now is if, delicious. Now, if it's one of those, those light, flaky crunchy chips ahoy boys mm. like a little like a little slider yeah it is basically a slider because like you can eat three of those and that's good you're i feel full and also i have done my entire calorie intake for the day i'm shocked that jack in the box has yet to do that oh. although mr box probably doesn't probably has more respect for himself now yeah. now hardy Oh, Hardy's. Oh, boy, they're desperate. That guy would that that guy I'm almost certain is like sitting in his his lab in a castle on a cliff yeah. going like, how are we going to make these cookie dough burgers? Right. God, I'm so desperate. I'm like, Corey. Oh, Aww. poor desperate idiot Corey. <laughs> That's a reference to the book we sure read is. Yeah. I, I mean, OK, first of all, the front cover. The front cover is, is different for everyone's version of the book. Yes. Our, I prefer our cover. Our cover is sort of artsy, YA, like some soft pastel. Is it, the, uh, is it the girl standing in the middle of the street looking at like nothing? Yeah. So, okay, there's there's one version that looks like a Friday the 13th cover. Yeah. yeah. There's this one where it shows her skirt and holding a lunchbox. It's and a then real short skirt. It's basically an upskirt shot. Yeah, well. With her, with her weird face box. If this is basically an upskirt, shot that's kind of like saying a picture of the earth from space is basically a cross section which okay, is not I'm true sorry, mr porn expert i'm sorry i didn't mean to like get too generous it's, in uh, my description doctor <laughs> uh, dr porn, porn expert <laughs> mr porn expert was my father and he never went to school it's a family business we, we, we i've been <laughs> providing porn expertise for 15 years when i was 20 years old my father gave me a suitcase full of cassette tapes and a dream. <laughs> and sent me out into the world to make my mark. Said, go, <laughs> young man, proliferate. And, and I went to all those truck stops and I made my mark. Yeah, yeah, you did. Who invented the glory hole? He's right here. This man. <laughs> well, they called the glory hole. <laughs> that was actually Lewis and Michael Glory. <laughs> the Glory Brothers. The Glory Brothers. Yeah. They left. They left New York the same time as Lewis and Clark did. Yeah, yes. they, but they they had a very different goal. They discovered a whole different world. They, they discovered a different whole new world. Uh, <laughs> <A whole> world. <laughs> is it too late to make the podcast about that? 
<laughs> I mean, the history of the glory hole. Yeah. History of, of like that stuff. Well, the problem is that I have so many more questions about this book than I do about glory holes. Glory holes are Daniel knows forward. a lot about glory holes already. I've got it down. I've got it down. I don't have that many questions. <laughs> but here, this book, this raises a goddamn lot of questions. So I think it's about time we get into our, okay, our the so, most important part, the one minute synopsis. Yeah. 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 I can't, I can't wait for this. Cause so, uh, Danielle, we have a minute on the clock. Man, this is would. easy as cheese. Am I going? No, I'm just shocked that you said easy as cheese. Yes, uh, easy as cheese. Because <laughs> I would argue a certain Mr. Chester Cheetah would say it isn't easy being cheesy. Yeah, that guy is selling lies. Orange, crunchy lies. <laughs> so never. All right. Go. This is a book about a desperately horny 16 year old boy who's horny equals just wanting to kiss people but also he finds he sees this girl and she's the palest smallest tiniest most waif like girl that he's ever seen in his life and he becomes immediately obsessed and fantasizes about all the ways in which she is desperate and needs his help and so he tries to do that but he's just stupid and uh she's actually not not who she claims to be. She's masquerading as her sister who she killed, which it tells you in the prologue. So that's really not a mystery. And, uh, and then, and then they have a whole, they have a whole thing and he falls out a window almost, but then he flips back in like a ninja. And then he, she tries to stab him with a letter opener. And I forget what happens after that. Eventually he kisses his best friend. That's the end. <laughs> All right. I had a good grip on the book and then Danielle's synopsis is just, <laughs> Throw me into a tailspin of, I don't know what the fuck the book was about. <laughs> I liked tailspin. <laughs> had a good theme song. Shall I give it a go? Yes. All right. Shall. And here we go. Kari uh, is a gym boy. He likes to do flips and such. And while doing some flips and such, he sees a cute lady and he's like, dang, I want to smooch that. But every time he tries to find out more information about her, it's like, she's not real, my dude. Like, she doesn't go to school here. She doesn't have a permanent record, all that kind of stuff. And then he starts calling her house, and they're like, yeah, this person doesn't live here. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to start going to her house, which he does. That's a lot of this book is a dude just showing up uninvited to places late at night. Uh, and eventually he kind of is just like, well, I can't date her, but my friend's here. So I'll go to the dance with her. And then he goes to the dance with her and she gets shoved down a flight of stairs. And then the, then later he finds out randomly that the girl he likes is alive and at her brother's house and her brother is buck wild, but it turns out he's not. And she's buck wild. And then he, and then he kisses his friend. That's the end. That's the book. We can all agree that she he kisses his friend. Yeah, we all agree on that uh, point. Yes. One was was Lisa Burnett? Yeah. Yes. She talks about having dark curls. Yeah, which makes it hard to understand why she was miss. I I feel like there's a lot of <laughs> racial undertones in this book because I of do that. Too. I mean, there's a lot of like elves versus uh, uh the, the 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 ugly ones. Uh, the, the Lord of the Rings, which the, is why or, they mentioned Lord the of the Rings. Or, or the Uruk-hai? In 1989. Yes, yes. So you know the racism of Lord of the Rings where the elves are great and beautiful and pale and white and the uruk are dark and scandalous. And then there's the other ones who ride in on elephants and they're bad. But I will and say that in 1989, yeah. those things were not a thing yet. I know. <laughs> when, which is so it's really weird that that's what they brought in. It's like coming a mile away, man. This uh, he is a genius. Jeff, you you've you've elected to do the real synopsis. <laughs> yeah. And, and I will give you double the time. Whoa. Because see, Danielle and I only had a minute. You get two. Yeah, oh. I'm gonna and I'm gonna take my time to kind of make sure I hit the the important things. Inc- is that why you have Twitter up? That's yeah, that's why I have Twitter up. <laughs> I always have Twitter up. And ready? Yep. Go. Okay, so this book again takes place in California, I believe. Continually, nope, doesn't take place in California. All right. Well, Ohio. Ohio. So Corey is our main character. He's some sort of jock type this is guy. Such a terrible start. This yeah. is great. <laughs> this is great. Well, I'm sorry. I keep getting interrupted. Restart the okay, talk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Give him no, a, give this time back. Okay, and resume. Back. Okay. So this book stars Corey. Corey is our jock dork friend who we really have a hard time getting a beat on because. He is a gymnast, which is something that we know all high school students are. Uh, He's goofing around with some friends, and he happens to see the new girl named Anna uh, across the uh, room in the cafeteria. 
For some reason, Anna embeds herself into his head where he cannot think or do anything in his life normally anymore. He runs into her a couple times only to have the obsession amplified every time he talks to her. She is ghost-like, he says. Her eyes almost opaque, but blue like lakes. Really hard to get a beat on what she looks like. Um, she, she seems to have some sort of uh, treacherous past of sorts where she is scared of what's happening at her house. People seem to think that she isn't real despite the fact that many people meet her. And unfortunately, Corey's obsession drives him to basically, as JoJo said, continually show up at her house late at night on Fear Street, which is a spooky street where scary things happen. Um, he calls her house dozens of times a night, sometimes five minutes apart on each call to find out that her brother he thinks is keeping her under wraps. His best friend slash pseudo love interest, Lisa, who lives next door, shows him proof that she is dead, actually, that Anna, the girl he likes, is not actually alive. I lost the fucking plot, man. <laughs> well, that's good, because you're out of time. Damn, I thought I could do this in two minutes. No, nope. That was pretty good, though. It was, like, pre it was pretty good. Yeah. I didn't get to the end. He goes back to Anna, and then she flips the fuck out and tries to well, murder it, him and it's hard because and in, in the story in my head, I keep trying to like trace the plot, and <laughs> it's hard because the plot continually circles back to a thing that happened 18 yes. pages earlier. Yes. It's like, he goes to her house to see her, and then nothing sort of happens, yep. and then he goes back to her house again yep. to see her. Yep. Then he goes back home. He has a nightmare. He calls her 800 times. This book, like R.L. Stein's greatest works is so repetitive yes but it's repetitive and yet somehow unclear yeah it, it's the, the entire middle of the book because that's why i was having an issue i was trying to grasp onto like a major plot happening <laughs> and there's like four there's like four <laughs> things that happen in the book maybe yeah. that's a little generous yeah like there's the dance okay there's two gymnastics meets i think three gymnastics meets or no or, there's like i think two there's like three gymnastics i thought there was only one the weird details everywhere weird details everywhere it makes high school life seem extremely like vague and sort of directionless like, yeah well i mean in fairness high school life is very vague <laughs> and directionless yeah, they don't really have to do a lot of school yeah there's school. very little school that there's happens mostly at the school. lunch and gymnastics practice oh uh, he studies once but that's that's neither here nor there yeah so this yeah. book basically is it's a big misdirect where you think that this girl is dead in a ghost but it turns out but the prologue sort of makes that impossible so okay so can i talk about the prologue can i can no I, you cannot can i dive in you cannot talk you cannot talk about the prologue danielle and the reason why you cannot talk about the prologue is oh. according to our itinerary oh, right about now no not we have no. a we have a guest oh god coming over damn it fuck maybe we can ask them about the prologue maybe we can ask them about the prologue fuck okay. yeah. among other things i'm not gonna be in the same room with him i'm going oh god damn okay well okay well don't let the door hit you where the good lord splits you Man, her voice changes whenever she leaves the room. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Trill. Now I'm going to vamp the sound of a door opening. Hang on. <laughs> Let's see if you can do it as good as me. <laughs> Did you cock a, cock a gun? No. <laughs> no, hang on, hang on. Shut up. You shoot a Shut up. Shut up. It's hard to do. Hang on. <laughs> it is a, did you ride it on a horse? What the? What the <laughs> You shoot a cat, you ride a oh, horse. They didn't ride it on a horse. Hold on, let me, let me open a door. It sounded like... <laughs> yeah. No, but we have, we do have a special guest who is in the studio. The man himself. Mm -hmm. R.L. Stein. <sighs> I can't believe he doesn't know my name. Robert Lawrence. It's no, it's Reese's Pieces Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one word. Oh, it's not even a hyphen. Push together like Shady Side. Reese Peace Larry. Reese's yeah. Pieces Larry. Reese's Pieces Larry. Is that why you came up with the with Shady Side as the name of this, this yes. place? Yes. Took two words and I mushed them. Yes. Uh, well, Mr. Reese Peace Larry Stein, <laughs> uh, we just finished your first Fear Street novel. Did you? We did. Uh, the the I'm new impressed. girl. You don't look that literate. It's actually kind of true. Yeah, <laughs> not big readers. We just want to know um, what what is uh, what what is this whole ding dang book about? Yes, well, this is pre-Goosebumps, you see. Oh, pre-Goosebumps. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh? I don't know if that's true. And I can't believe that you're trying to fact-check me on my own life and work. Frankly, I don't know why I come here. Oh, wow, it is. Huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Okay, so so tell us, what, what drove you to write this book? As I became a man, I realized that men have a fatal flaw. Pale, waifish women. I wanted people to know that when you project your dumb shit ideas of what femininity is onto a woman, it'll come back and fucking kill you. Okay. It'll fucking kill you with a letter opener. 
So you're about the you're about the thickness. You're not about the wayfishness. You're 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 about the danger of the male gaze. I was anti manic pixie dream girl before there was manic pixie dream girl. Okay. So that's the kind of wave maker I am. Now, were you? Oh. Do, do you like to insert any of yourself into your books? And if so, who were you in this book? I'm the Doberman. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> Thank you. Because consistently showing up unannounced yes. and, and pushing us down yes. and making us wish that you would just like go away. The Doberman is the strongest character. Hard to debate that. Yeah. They are named Voltaire. Exactly. Yeah. I, like the great Voltaire, am a French philosopher. From Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> Akron. I don't think it is. I can't believe I'm being doubted <laughs> in my own. No, Columbus. Definitely Columbus. Wow. I don't acknowledge that man. RL, why did you feel the need to spoil the book in the first six pages? All right. <laughs> Here's where we talk about publishers and why publishers are the goddamn worst. You may have encountered a certain book called A Clockwork Orange. I, on, in a dark alleyway once, yes, I did pass by a, a book. A masterpiece of modern fiction. Mm -hmm. And you know what the publishers did? What they do. What they do. They took out the final chapter in the American publication. Oh. Because you know what? They thought that the ending was too dark. It ruined the whole book. And so, like the great Anthony Burgess, I had the prologue inserted against my will. It was supposed to be in the middle right between the gym meat and the dead cat. That sweet spot between gym yes. meat and dead cat. Yes. Okay. They thought that it would be much more readable and much more fun if they put it in the beginning. And you know what? It's stupid. Well, there you have it. That was, yeah. a, that was a pretty deep one, Mr. Reese Peace Larry. Yeah. You're welcome. Next time, take my word for it, I'll kill you. Okay. Okay. I'm cool. a Doberman. Ruff, ruff. And there you go. Oh, there he's on go. all fours. He's, he's walking out. Crawling the out. Roof, right. roof, he's gone. Fuckers. Roof, roof. Well, we should probably do the rest of the podcast right. now. We've already got Danielle again. Yeah. I wish. I, too bad she's not here. I don't know where she went off to. Yeah. I'm back. You oh, she's back. Oh, oh you're wow. back. Hey, you missed Reese Peace. Oh, she was just in between the couch cushions the entire time. You? How did you know? Well, I just saw you squeeze down and then sort of just like flatten yourself. You compre and you compressed yourself like yeah. the bug from Men in Black. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. I want to talk about the actual contents of the prologue. Because the prologue tells you in the very beginning. Uh, what happens in the prologue is the first line, bye, Anna, bitch. I don't think. They don't say that. Uh, it's in my version. I no, I don't I think know. You and I have the same version. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Okay, well. You're a liar. Yeah. And then it says goodbye, but it's hyphenated. She wouldn't like that. She was always so neat. She wouldn't like the blood so dark and messy. You were always so perfect, Anna. You were always so bright and shiny, as if you were sparkly new every day. My diamond, my mom always said. And who was I then? Who was I while you were a little Miss Perfect? Blah, 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 a little more, little more vamping about how much I hate you. And now the front door is opening. They are returning. And I am starting to cry. It is all a horrible tragedy, after all. A horrible tragic accident. I must cry for you now. I now must run to tell them. Anna's dead, Bob. Come quickly. It's all too horrible. But Anna's dead. And then, who should show up as a character in this book but goddamn Anna? Yeah, it's like, oh, I wonder, I wonder from whose perspective that prologue is, and I wonder who Anna is in relationship to that person. Hmm... I'm stumped. This, she must be a ghost. This book needs to have that for big old dummies like me to understand what's happening in it. Big old dummies like Jeff definitely do need to know what's going to happen in the book before it happens. Yeah, tell me exactly all the things that are going to happen in the book in the first two pages so I don't get surprised or scared. Exactly. I don't want to be too scared. That was my, that's my favorite part of Jurassic Park is the dumb dumb versions for Jeff's. Yes, I do like that part. Frog DNA. Frog DNA, but don't worry, Jeff. They're gonna get away from all those velociraptors. And they're all women. They're all women. That's okay. don't be, no need to be worried. And again, it's again the male gaze. Exactly. Tyrannosaurus Rex is toxic masculinity, just running down, chomping on cars and shit. Yeah, that's why you. That's why you also liked the haunting, where it's like, don't worry, Jeff. It's scary ghosts. 
but don't worry. Eventually, bad guy's going to be in front of a big old picture and he's going to die. And yeah. they're all women. Don't you worry, <laughs> Jeff. It's all safe. I don't like the ones where the men's live at the end. Yeah, yeah. kill them. Only women and dinosaurs. Yes. Women dinosaurs. It's like when Jeff had to watch Aliens. Oh, and this different Jeff version of that. Yeah. Right after they land on the planet. And, they, and the guy goes, yeah, the aliens are here. And you're like, oh, they're, shit. They're going to bite us and eat us. Oh, fuck. But don't you worry, Jeff. Okay. We're all going to get away. You're right. Okay, you're right. And you're they're right. all women. <laughs> <laughs> they're too busy having little alien babies to bother you. What, and, then, and then the Jeff version of little women. Yes. <laughs> all <laughs> women. All women, Jeff. <laughs> I don't. I didn't read that, so I actually don't know. Is there an orphanage? Personally, I like the Lost Boys. The Lost Boys in which they are. All women. They start off as vampires, but then they become kind of cool and disenfranchised 90s kids. And don't you worry, Jeff. They'll all become women. All, all women. women. Basically, there's not a whole lot of interest that happens in the first part, except for the moment where he sees her. Because he's, this is simply on page four. He's uh, doing a handstand in cafeteria. Corey, our, our hero, our brave. I wouldn't call him a hero. Our but brave sure. boy, Corey. He sees uh, this, this incredibly wayfish, pale, ghost-like woman. And so as the blood is running to his head mm -hmm. must be causing him to see things because she was so pale, so blonde, so light, so beautiful. And then she was walking. Wow. She was walking to the back door. Whoa. And then he only sees a glimpse of her while he's upside down, but he knows enough to know that she is the woman of his goddamn dreams, this fucking pale ass fucking... I mean, he, doesn't, he doesn't say that. You're kind of you're adding curse words. You add a lot of things added. I... I well, I did add I did add the curses. I adding will give a lot you of curse that. words to those. But I did not in a, in any other way embellish. Yeah, I mean that's the meat cute. Yeah, so we got Corey gymnast doing handstands in the cafeteria. There's been never been a blonde girl. Never like this girl not before. this pretty. Yeah. Oh, not this pale. He has incredibly obsessive thoughts about Anna. All Anna on the brain. Uh, <laughs> I do like the joke. Of which, which one? This is mid-page four, where he's dangling upside down. David dares him to eat his lunch like that. And then a girl yells, what's for dessert? Upside down cake. Several kids groaned and hissed disapproval. <laughs> I did really like that. I like that because I understood it. <laughs> I do appreciate things I can understand. I have a hard time uh, picturing the physicality of what's happening in this book because he seems to be uh, he seems to be supported by wires at various times. Okay, okay, okay. Let's let's yeah. let's break this down. Then here's yeah. what happened, Jeff. Explain it to me, please. He said he's going to do a handstand, so he did a handstand. Right. Which, right. if you're a gymnast, you can just handstand whenever you want. Yeah. He's like break dancing. He's like break dancing. He's yeah. like doing. The, he's like breaking two but, electric boogaloo. So. So he's on his head. He's on his head, but he's also yes. holding a tray. Holding yeah. a lunch tray upright. Exactly. This is what you got to imagine. He's yeah. he's on his head, yes. right? He's got one hand against right. the ground, the air. and he's got his other hand like holding a tray yeah. with what? food in it. What the? You get it? Yeah. He's upside down? I'm actually doing it. Yeah. I know. I know. I like this. Floor here. Floor on, right? floor on head. Hand here. Hand on floor. Food yeah. facing down to me right now, but up in book world, okay, right? So right yeah. up in book, down to me. But he's he's upside down, but it's right side up food. Yeah. Yes. Right? So, 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 so actually her joke is stupid when I think about it. Yeah, because the food's not upside down. If it would have made more sense in the physics of this scene that it's, it's right side up cake, which is nothing. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Look. It was a really cool action sequence to open it this was. book. And it's the we have someone shoved down a flight of stairs, and now we have a handstand. Yeah. So it's, you uh, tell you move. start your fucking book better. It's the only Jeff. thing that Corey is remotely interesting. But I do. I have a. No, I have an important question. Okay. Because, and this will be my last comment on the first part. I just wanted to point out that these sentences are very poorly written. Okay. If you try, I dare anyone to try to read the first chapter out loud. These, it's like, it's like chewing on stones trying to get these out of your mouth. Like, okay, this was, this is the top of page 16. Oh my God. There's actually like a logical error on page five, but go on. Oh, Sorry. That's, yeah. mm. 
They were silent for a long time, leaning up the hill, the gusting wind first behind them, then blowing hard in their faces. Then they both spoke at once. I almost bit my tongue off trying to say that. Okay, so I just wanted to throw that out there. For so there's, well, there's a, there's a big logic long. error in, in chapter oh, yeah, one. Yeah, give it. Thinking about the new girl, he forgot to concentrate on the delicate balance that was keeping him upright. The tray fell first, then Corey fell, his face sliding messily into his food. How? Yeah. Yeah, how, how, how is your face how? sliding? Yeah, because your face is... It would just be... How would you drop the food first? You're, because you're, you're on the, like, so you know what I mean? Like, if your head's on the ground and you're holding the food up. Right. Right? So. It seems like your face would just smush into the food, not slide. Well, how, well, no, because imagine, like, you're beneath the food. Right. At and, the start. And, the, and it's facing the wrong direction. Right. <laughs> to you. So the only way he would fall on the food is he brings the food down so it's in front of him. Right. And then, he puts and then he falls forward, but he would his face wouldn't fall into the food. It would just it would just roll into it. Yeah. Like it would kind of peel down and kind of gently come to rest within the food. Into the food. It, well, it says distinctly that, and it his, gets in his hair, which also makes no, no sense. sense. Well, his, I mean, his chest hit the floor apparently, so he went like yeah. he went. Imagine him like a tree just falling timber flat. Yeah, right, right on face down. But then that would mean that between him holding the food, dropping the food, and then falling, the food ended up beneath his head yeah. so that he could land in it. That's he, impressive. He may have used his gymnasty skills to get the food underneath him to soften his fall that is because nasty. he's such a he's such a he's gymnast. such a he's such a great gymnast. He, he knew that he was gonna fall. I need to pad my my hip my face. Yeah, because he knew that it's not safe to do gymnast stuff on a non soft floor, as we all know. He just saw the love of his life. He can't break his nose now. He can't break no, his nose. He, he can't, can't break, break the money nose. maker. No. So yeah, he's like, yes, I'm gonna risk my life my and and, and I'm gonna risk the laws of causal relationship of objects yeah. to have food under my head before it was there. Gently stack some macaroni and cheese beneath my face so that... And then put my face within it. Was, yes, slowly. How far away was Anna when he saw her? Uh, she was standing against the far... The, the plot's distance. So close enough that he could see her eyes and he yeah, was just completely mesmerized by them. Upside down. Upside, upside down. down. While holding something. While holding something. <laughs> this is... Symbolic of how she turns him upside down. Oh. Well, he was upside down before. Shut up. So nice try. Shut up. Oh, yeah. There is a thing I'd like to I like to read from the, the earlier parts, too, actually. I'm reading from chapter four. It's, and Corey is full on taken by Anna, pacing in his room. And all he can think about is Anna. And Anna, I'm going to read Anna, you Anna, 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 a little Anna. spot. Anna, 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 Anna. It's spelled the same both ways. <laughs> What? 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 It's Wait, the, what, what part is this? The, the very first page of chapter four. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, that was a part of this yeah. book, huh? Great revelation. Anna, Anna, Anna. It's spelled the same both ways. Brilliant, Corey. Just brilliant. You're oh, mine. my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. That's so good. Okay. Your, your mind really is turning into cheese, isn't it? I'm not, it's spelled the same both ways. Yeah. Cheese, cheese, cheese. Cheese, 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 cheese. He knew he had to stop thinking about her, but how could he? he she kept talking to his thoughts no matter what he did. He leaned over and grabbed the phone. No, stop. I can't call her on a Saturday night. Because she'll think. You can't call a girl on a Saturday night. She's probably out. It's insulting. That is how, that is typically how you turn people to dust is I, you call them on a Saturday. No, I yeah. can't call her. She'll be insulted. It's, she'll think I'm calling on a Saturday night because I know she wouldn't be out with somebody. Is that a thing? No. No. Was I mean there's the three day rule that people seem to think about. Right, like you don't right. wanna you don't wanna call somebody for three days. But he's already he's clearly desperate. We've cleared well. the poll for desperation already. The, the the key thing though is not his social faux pas mm -hmm. no. to me. It's okay. that he recognized that Anna is spelt the same. Yeah. <laughs> backwards and forwards. You gotta say it three times and then you then realize she, well, it. Well, then she yeah. shows up. <laughs> yes. And and when you say it, you could be saying it backwards or forwards. No one you knows. Know. Yeah. yeah, I said her name backwards. Or did I? Or did I? I really wish her name was Race Car. <laughs> it's the same backwards and forwards. Brilliant. Whoa. I can't, I can't call Race Car. Have you seen her? What, race car? Yeah, she's in my physics class. Yeah. I love race car. <laughs> Great. For obvious reasons. Yes, I Great. love my race What's car. What's he going to do when he starts thinking about his mom and his dad? 
Think about the um, race card. Think about the race um, card. Um, no, dad, no, no, dad, no, dad. No, no. Oh my it's god! The same backwards and forwards. <laughs> oh shit! I gotta tell Uncle Bob. Oh fuck! God damn it! <laughs> Mom and Dad, you've betrayed me. He's just got like his rooms filled with like pictures and like maps, and there's like strings that are connecting. <laughs> How would I describe this? Is this is a real oozy rat in a solitary zoo? Oh shit! <laughs> And there's just Anna sprawled across the walls. And it says, like, backwards. And then it, it says, it's like a, It's like a montage where he's, like, he's got music playing and he's trying to, like, type her name into a computer. And then he, like, puts it into Photoshop and then, like, flips the image and looks at it. And then, like, has a magnifying glass. He asks somebody else to, like, write it out for him. He burns it into his hand and he's, like, looking at his left and his right hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, like, you put, them, you put them together. You could do it this way. You could do it that way. He's like, what, what do you want to do for a living, uh, Corey? I, I want to be a Santa at NASA. <laughs> oh, shit. It. But, Fuck, that's Buck Wild. I, God, it's I everywhere. It it's this everywhere. Like, this is like the number 23, except it. Hang on. I've only got more shit he would like. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, I'm trying to find him. There's like lists. Oh, there I know. What if? He, what if part of this story was Corey? He saw a baby pick up like a potato. Okay. And then okay. threw the potato on the ground. And then he contemplated that. And he goes, may a moody baby do my yam? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Fuck. <laughs> God damn yeah, it. Wait, wait. Okay. Um, this is your new fun thing. <laughs> shut up. There's a part later where he, he meets the guy with his dog and the dog jumps on him. And then he gets really mad. And he, he says, go deliver a dare. Vile dog. Oh. Whoa. And he's like, my brain. She's it, gotten to my brain. It, it's buck wild because like there are too many palindromes that have to do with the story. Yes. It's like maybe there's more to this than we thought. I think we're missing the underlying message here. Palindrome good. Yes. Corey dumb. Corey big dumb. Squad, can I just say that one of the palindromes here is go hang a salami. I'm a lasagna hog. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't think that, nonsense gets to count. That one, weirdly enough, could I could see that being some sort of euphemism. Oh, that does sound dirty. Oh, go hang a salami. Go I'm hang a lasagna a salami. hog. Get out of here. Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> but that does bring us to the next moment that I want to talk about, which is the man with the dog. So, Corey... I think encounters this man three different times. Every time he goes to yeah. see Anna, almost, yeah. I think he sees Every old time. man, old man with dog. He shows up on Fear Street to stalk Anna and stare at her house. The neighborhood watch in the form of this man and a dog. Yes. yes. This man in some kind of jacket walking his Doberman. And first, the first time they meet him, Corey is super sus because he's like, the man comes up to him. I saw you stop your car. This is page 47. Beginning of chapter I live down the street. I was walking Voltaire. That's my dog. I thought maybe you were lost or in trouble, so I came to come after you. And then Corey's like, where's your dog? And then the man is like, you piece of shit. Voltaire doesn't like strangers, he said slowly. He's very protective of his turf. I put him back in the house before I came to see if you needed help. Why, why is this man here? Why is this dog here? They serve no purpose. He gives no information. He doesn't connect to the plot in any way. Uh, hello? Yeah? He lives on Fear Street. Where's, what's the book called? R.L. Stein. Well, on the cover, oh, definitely. <laughs> the, the actually less big part. <laughs> it says Fear Street, which is where they are. Okay. All right. Okay. But. I posited, and we'll find out if we read more Fear Streets. That this man is a recurring character. I certainly fucking hope so. I doubt it. Who who is Why did always, he waste my fucking time? Who is the mysterious stranger who anyone who goes to Fear Street in these books to find something out will come across Voltaire and man in jacket. Jacket man. He's like the arbiter of like uh, misfortune. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to picture him as like Nick Offerman, maybe. No. Why? Why? That's a really specific. <laughs> Can't help but notice you're looking at that girl's house. Would you like me to build you a gazebo? Exactly. He's got such a recognizable voice. He's got such a dour expression. Yeah, but I like Nick Offerman. This guy doesn't seem very nice sometimes. Well, you would like him if he was Nick Offerman. That's true. Yeah. I'm going to build a wood bench 
and I'm going to talk about beef for 35 minutes. Right. And then I better not see you here with them ghosts. Oh, whoops. Sorry. <laughs> oh, did I say ghosts? Did I say ghosts? I, I meant specters. Leaves. It sounds more offensive. I named my dog Voltaire after them books I read. Oh, they was good books. Yep. Okay. So that is one of a plethora of strange details and characters that pop up for no goddamn fucking reason. All right, middle boy. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and progress with the thing. I, I, I'm going to read something from the middle of the book, which seems disconnected from a lot of things we've talked about. But I think it's important because I have a, I have one very distinct question regarding this instance. Okay. So at, at this point in the middle of the book, there's a dance coming up and Lisa anxiously asks Corey, her uh, lifelong friend and neighbor, to go because she's obviously in love with him. And, and then Anna pops up. Despite the fact that Lisa found pseudo proof that Anna is dead, has a pretty normal conversation with her. Yeah, well, what, what page is that? So I'm uh, hey, guys, I opened my book to page 69. Nice. There's nice. A there's a lot on that page. Yeah, it's a good one, actually. Yeah, there's a lot on this page. Yeah. Holy shit. So I'm on, I'm on page um, in the PDF. It's 106 on, e on a Kindle. It starts with smooth move, Ace. Oh, yeah, I like that. Anna gives him a little bit of a smooch and asks him to the dance as well. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm going to go with Lisa. And she was like, oh, that's fine. Maybe next time. Lisa and Corey are in the hallway next to the lockers. She opened her locker and reached inside. Hey, there's something sticky. <laughs> sticky box. <laughs> Shit. How's it going? Yeah, no fucking nice. And then she screamed. Her hand was covered in blood. Lisa, what is it? Corey asked. A dead cat. Flopped out of her locker and oh, dropped. Hello, my baby. Hello. <laughs> and dropped onto her white sneakers. The locker was splattered with blood. The cat's stomach had been slit open. Lisa pressed her head against the cool tile wall. I don't believe this. Corey saw something tied around the dead cat's throat. It was a note written on white notebook paper. Lisa, you're dead too. Cool. Yeah. Physics of that are impossible. First of all, this cat was basically spring-loaded to jump out like some sort of jump scare. Like, this cat was very carefully loaded in the it locker. It was a cat in the box. Yeah. It was a cat in the box. Live or dead, no one knows. But right. it was a real Schrodinger situation. Yes, so there's yeah. another there's right. another version of Fear Street where she opened it and she was like, oh, sick, a new cat. Meow. And a note that says I'm going to die. That's <laughs> wild. Meow, meow, meow. Yeah. The but, cat did it. The real question I have is right after this, after the, the cat incident. After which is a good name for a band. Yeah. Um, the cat incident. Cat incident. This weekend. The locker cat incident. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Shit. As they had cleaned up the mess, Lisa had insisted that Anna had been the prime suspect. They clean up the cat mess. Right? Yeah. Why isn't there somebody at this school? There's no janitor here. If there's a dead fucking cat in your locker. Why don't you tell someone? If the teacher's walking by, they're just like, clean that up. Yeah, clean You're that late up. For you class. kids. You kids. Uh, and blood is pouring out of her locker. Yes. And then they're the ones, just her and Corey. Yeah. Well, it was after school. Fuck it. Call the cops, man. Right? Like, that's, that's weird. Or there's there's got to be someone on campus. Like, where are the adults? Yeah. Why wasn't there anything done about this after the fact? Like, what well, did they you, do with this? Because you missed that part where... They did call the police and they did call the school authorities and they all got there and they were like, <laughs> you kids. Pranks. Prank. Uh, well, obviously, this is a prank. This is a good haul. Listen, when, in my day, what we would do is you go to sleep, we put your hand in warm water and then you go pee pee. <laughs> yeah, they go a little pee pee. And this is, and, and like, that's like a step down from eviscerating a cat and putting it in the locker and shutting it with a, with a slinky to spring it out. What about parking the, the principal's car? Yeah, you parked the principal's car on the yeah, roof. And then, How'd yeah. it get there? How'd I don't know. There? No one knows. It's full of dead cats now. This yeah. dead cat is basically the whoopee cushion of the 1980s. Yes. Well, it's okay, everybody. Don't feel bad for Lisa because she says, go get more paper towels, oh, Lisa yeah. said. Ugh, I think I'm going to be sick. It's a good thing I hate cats. Right? So I guess that makes it okay. Yeah, well. Good. In that sense, you know what? I, I'm turning completely around on this situation. I think that really what Anna was trying to do is be like, I'm going to do something nice. <laughs> that was a cool passage. That, that's my passage. Okay. So uh, uh, her house, this is like the big climax. He goes to her house because he thinks she's in danger. And when he gets there, it turns out that Brad was like a, a good guy. And, and Anna 
was like, she was bonkers. <laughs> Clinical term. So at the end of this book, like he gets there in what he thinks is like a dire situation of Brad trying to kill Anna. Yeah. And he beats up Brad. And then Anna goes, hold up. I'm going to finish this. And she goes and gets a letter opener. And then Corey's like, what? Wait, what do you mean? Don't. And then he's like, I won't let you kill him. That's, that's wild. She moves quickly, thrusting the silver blade in front of her. This is on page 160, right before chapter 23. Uh, thrusting the silver blade in front of her. He tried to move back, dodge out of the way. She lunged at him. He tried to jump out of the way, lost his balance, and fell back out the open window. This is my favorite part of the book, yep. aside from I want you guys to know, I didn't even realize that her house had two floors. Yeah, they don't went up the stairs. They did talk about stairs. This is R.L. Stein creating what I like to think of as the most tense action yeah. scene. It this is. is early Russo Brothers this action is, scene. This is basically Michael Bay without the explosions. Yeah. First, he felt his feet leave the floor. This is chapter 23. Then he saw the black sky and felt the shock of cold night air. Then he was falling backwards. Instinctively, his legs bent. <laughs> He caught them around the windowsill. He was a gymnast. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. The backs of his knees hit the windowsill. Mm-hmm. He clamped his legs tightly. Then he swung himself up using his stomach muscles he developed through years of practice. <laughs> he flipped himself up until his head was upright, then slid easily back into the hallway. Anna hadn't moved. She stood in the hallway, holding the letter over in front of her, staring blankly at the window. Because what she just saw was the fucking dumbest thing yeah. anyone... Wait, there's still the part after it, though. Oh, oh that's true. There's more. Yeah, he, he goes out the oh, window. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. No, and he comes back in stuff. the window. As Corey did... Wait. Corey did a forward flip across the hallway. I guess through the hallway? Because you don't do a... Cro- anyway. For style points. And kicked the letter opener from her hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He landed on his feet and stared at her. Her face, which had been expressionless, filled with anger. <laughs> she should have been like, that was tight as fuck. Like, what the shit, dude? I didn't know you could do that. Ten points, even from Russia. Even from Russia gives ten points. The KGB judge is like, yeah, it's like most oh, front damn, flips dude. aren't good at disarming opponents. Yes. For the entirety of the book, he has been both sleep deprived <laughs> And malnourished so much that he can't do his regular gymnastics shit in practice. And yet now is able to somehow aim his foot to kick a letter opener in the dark. Because also the only light in this, in this place is the fireplace downstairs. Adrenaline's a hell of a thing. That's right. You, yeah, you put in the time. It. Yep. And then, and then a lot of g- gymnast God gives you the situation where you're allowed to perform at 110%. And that's what he did. Yep. He sure did. He stepped up and, and it takes him using a flip to mm-hmm. disarm this wayfish tiny. Do you think frightened? he had to do a couple tries? I think so. I think. Corey did a front flip. He missed. Wait, 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 wait. wait. And then he backs up. And then he goes, hang on, give me one more. One, I'm going to have a try again. And he goes, ah, oh, dang it. Ah, oh, shit. All right. One more time. One more time. Just hang on. Hang on. Corey sets back up and stretches a second. Yeah. And Anna goes, hey, do you want me to get you some water? And then he goes, no, I'm good. Let me try again. I got this. It does a front flip. And he misses. Ah, oh, shit. And she goes, like, was, should I sit down? It was really close that time. It was. I believe in you. <laughs> they, I know you can do this. Me too. I really want to get this over with. So if you could hurry the fuck up and he, do this shit. It's, he sets back up. He thinks about all the practices he went to and all the fun times he had with all, Archie and all other guys. David. David and Archie. Told him. And he remembers all the important words Coach Welner said about doing a front right. flip to kick someone's knife away. Got to focus. And then, he did it, and then he did it again and he missed. Uh, and Anna was like, it's fine. It's fine. Hey, listen. It's just you and me up here. Right? No it's just you and me know. in this game. No one else is looking. Just... Center yourself. Chapter 27. <laughs> There's the in-between. It's all the in-between chapters you can't read where all this happens. Mm-hmm. All the flips that he had to do to get this just right fucking back front flip to kick a knife out of her hand. It's insane. Uh, but that, that's, the, that's the big epic action climax where he uh, he does limbo and then... And it makes stuff. no goddamn sense. And then Brad just comes up and explains the plot. Yeah, and then Brad <laughs> comes up and is like, let me give you some exposition. Yeah, yeah let me tell you. So Sit here's, down, kids. Here's, here's the deal. Yeah, here's her what's na- up. Her real name is Willa. Mm-hmm. Not as cool as Anna. No, also not, not a... Not a palindrome. Not a palindrome. <laughs> She's buck wild. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. 
I think now I'm gonna call cops. I think now is a smart time. Right? Like I knew she killed our sister, but I wasn't gonna do shit about it because you know we don't have money to pay for jail. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We don't have jail money. We're saving up to get into jail, but as I think about it, that's not how jails work. Yeah, maybe I should have just. Gone for it in the beginning, you know, when she pushed her sister down the stairs that she faked being in. We gotta get her some help. Well, shit, do we have any other passages from I do, I do wanna, while we're talking about Brad, I do wanna talk about what this, what this dude looks like because, well, it's a whole paragraph because I feel like while we're talking about his physicality, it's important to actually describe what's in the book because I can't make heads or tails of it. This is on page 50. This is in chapter six. And this is when Dum Dum is going up to the house. He is stalking yet again. This time he's decided to knock on the door because she might need his help or some shit. So he's knocking on the door to the point that this poor kid, Brad, is finally like, you know what, motherfucker? And he comes to the door and this is what he looks like. A young man stood in the doorway. He had a very round face with puffy round cheeks. His blue eyes were small and watery and set close to his bulby, round nose. Despite the fact that he appeared to be quite young, in his early 20s most likely, his blonde hair was thinning, revealing a lot of forehead. That sucks. It was tossed (laughs) messily over his head. A rhinestone earring sparkled in one ear. And that, my friends, is Brad. What the fuck is that? He's just, he's just like marshmallow with an earring. Well, no. yeah, he's a big, yeah. He's I mean, a balding I was, marshmallow with an earring. I don't think anyone gets as much description in their, in their introduction no. as Brad does. And not nearly as vicious. But like really, they, they gave us the rhinestone earrings specifically so we could ID him later on. Because those are easy to see in a dark situation. Well, I think it's the only one in the whole universe. Yeah. Well, I think they were trying to describe him in an unattractive way so that well, it's at succeeded. odds with Anna. So they're trying to make you dislike him. Because he's real because puffy. He, okay, he, but that's from like fucking Corey's perspective. Yeah, I mean, he's probably I mean, actually he's, very so, handsome. Yeah, man. he's... He has blue eyes. Yeah, he has, he has, he's got a nose. Oh shit, dude. He's got, got he's, hair. He's got he's Fuck in his twenties and obviously balding. This guy, this guy is shit. Gross. Fuck off. So I would like so uh, he's just a smooth baby. He's like reality, he's like a grown up boss baby. Exactly. He he sees him as a grown up boss baby marshmallow when in reality he's Zach Morris. Yeah. Oh man. I hate Zach Morris though. Well what does Zach Morris look like? Well, now he looks now fine. he looks different. But Zach Morris in Saved by the Saved Bell. By the Bell. Yeah, this is Saved by the Bell answering the door. Main right guy, now. main guy, Saved by the Bell. Also, it does say he's in his early twenties, so I guess we know yeah, exactly. I mean, Zach Morris, but he sees him as ugly. Yeah, because he's jealous. He's, he's jealous. Like, you get to you, live with her. You get to live with her. You get to and, touch and her. You get to open the door while she's changing all the time. I've yeah. seen anime. You get to eat stew with her. You get to eat stew. Fuck you. Get your soup bowls out. Eat that stew. Yeah. Fuck you. Go play frisbee, you asshole. Go play frisbee, you fuck. Go kill a dog. <laughs> yeah, no, dogs are good. It's one of the most that. boring books I've read of his yeah. this far. It is not entertaining. It has oh my two God. things I remember, and that's the cat, and that's the last fight scene, and everything else in the it's middle just is just a lot of it's just blah, blase. blah, 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 Anna, 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 Anna. The rest of the book is vanilla AF. Fear Street, Fear Street does tend toward actual person murder. Right. Murder. Uh, more murder like person. more thriller stuff as yeah. opposed to supernatural. As opposed to Goosebumps where we get the good shit. Like yeah, Goosebumps is straight. We get that good shit. Yeah. Ventriloquist dolls that come to life. I was shit. very disappointed to know that there was no actual ghost type scenario. I was too. So I, I think we've I think we've kind of milked this uh, boring ass book yeah. as much as we can for all the, the goofs. It's a, it's a bummer because like we kind of jump around a bit because you have to jump around. I mean like and I think comparatively not a lot of juicy goofs from this book. No. Oh. No, no. Lot, we, of, we're trying. We're over here trying to make. We're trying to make comedy gold from the straw that Reese Peace gave us. Yeah. But let me tell you, and uh, it's it, not as good. So no. What reading this book is like if you're watching on an old rabbit ear TV and you get static, like you get a quick 
giving you some static. Get my nine. It doesn't. It doesn't like the way that you arranged his bunny ears because you're a fucking monster. That does it. No, it's like watching one of those TVs that's just going in and out, and you get like one quick little scene and then static for five minutes, it's and then like another scene and then static. What I'm trying minutes. to watch the porn without having paid for yeah. the channels, yeah. and you got to see a bunch of squiggly lines. You got to keep pressing the button <laughs> yeah. to cycle the channel, and then what you see is and jerk with the other hand. The only thing that comes through are feet. You see feet and you see hair, and you never see boob or, or ween. Well, when you do, when you catch sight of what you think is boob, oh man, boy, that's a oh, big time. Day, day gold. Day done. Day done. You finished. You yeah, did it. You, you won. You win. You win the world. So should we get to it? Can we talk about? Yeah. Can we talk about mm-hmm. how the entire premise of the book is based on Corey being so awestruck? by this new girl who we think has some sort of spiritual ghostly power over him. And it turns out she's just a regular ass girl and he's just horny for some basic ass bee. Can we talk about how he has a dream where she, she smooches him and, <laughs> and then dream. and that's a whole thing for him, but she smooched him and then he didn't like the smooches in his dream, but that didn't pr- deter him. No, he, he lived on that dream for a while. Yep. He milked it yep. as you, as you may, uh, can we talk about um, how Brad wears a fur parka? <laughs> the fuck is a fur parka? What the fuck is Brad doing wearing it? Can we talk about how Lisa presents almost cold hard facts that Anna is dead via the Lexus Nexus and then 18 pages later meets Anna in the hallway and is just like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> Nice to meet you. I've never seen you before. Bye. <laughs> Can we talk about how they bring up Lexus Nexus, but obviously they're using a microfilm player because everything's in grayscale? Can we talk about the fact that Corey has a joke with his mom that involves cornflakes? <laughs> yeah. What's for breakfast? Cornflakes. That's their joke. Was hang on, I hate to interrupt, but <laughs> you go down and eat breakfast before it gets cold. What are we having? Cornflakes. <laughs> It's a joke. That's a good one. It's funny. I love it. Good. I did laugh at that. It's a great I really bit. like that. It's, it's a great a good, bit we got. It's a good, good, good. Can we talk about how adults don't like Scrapple, but they're Scrapple. always fucking playing it? I don't yeah. like Scrapple either. I don't like Scrapple. Can we talk about how nobody has an answering machine, despite the fact that this is the 80s and answering machines existed? Can we talk about how when he takes Anna to the place to get like a snack and he orders two Cokes, the waitress is the fucking rudest person in the world? <laughs> That two cokes. Pay now. <laughs> you fucking thieves. You little ruffians. Can we talk about how when they get those cokes, Anna drinks hers in one gulp and then starts to drink his. Like she's malnourished or something, or she's never had she's coke before. She's malcoked. Malcoked. That makes perfect sense. Can we sense. talk about the fact that they spell shady side three different ways throughout the book? <laughs> <They> do. <laughs> 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 about who edited this fuck you simon and schuster fuck your intern can we talk about the fact that they go to a video store in the time of ipods oh my fucking god you're right to rent lord of the rings yes yes is it it's like where what what uh, when can we talk about how at the dance they couldn't hear each other over how loud the kanye west was playing <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! No, there was a Missy no, one too. There's there Missy there, and Kanye. There's Missy and Kanye. Cause he's hip. Fuck, he's hip. He's so That's down. So stupid that they did that. Oh my god, this book like, just sucks. Let it be dated. Fuck. Let the kids figure it out. They've got Google. Shit, they can Google your dated references. Okay. Fuck. Can, you, can we talk about how when you describe Missy Elliott, you don't call her the singer. You just say Missy Elliott. She's not a group. Yeah, She's I know. A person. It's the Missy Elliott. Missy Misdemeanor Elliott. The Missy Elliott. Oh, God, I forgot that. That's so fucking wild. Did they actually say Kanye in here? Yeah, their yeah. Kanye was at the same party. I think it was the tail end. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about how Corey got attacked by the Doberman and was just like, eh. It's fine. It's fine. It's normal. You know, do- dogs be dogs. Dogs be dogs. Dogs being dogs. I have, I have a huge plot Oh, I issue. thought you were going to say boner. No, that. <laughs> Can we talk about... How Lisa knows her as Anna, but if she was in a class with her, they would have called her by her name, Willa. Dude. When they do roll, they also, don't say, is Anna Corwin here? They say, is Willa Corwin here? She's like, no, my name's Anna. Call me Anna. I go by Anna, though. Call me Anna. Also, where the fuck is their mom? Oh, she's gone. 
She's gone. No, she, she shows up once. She's she, busy. She answers the phone. She's busy being sick. She answers the phone once, and then the rest of the time, while they're fighting and trying to murder each other with letter openers, is fucking no. no she's she's out of town at that point. She leaves town. Yeah, she leaves town. Why? There's like a, they they mention it. They do town stuff. I don't know. Uh, can we talk about how Corey in one night calls the Corwin's house? About 40 times, five minutes apart each time. Yeah. And no one thinks that that's an issue because on the 45th time he calls, they answer and are just like, hey, what's, what's up? up? What's good? <laughs> hey, what's up? Can, can we talk about how thirsty Lisa was this whole book oh. and how he never noticed the thirst in her and was always just like, What's wrong with her? Why, She's weird. why is she touching me? Why is she being all nice? Can we talk about how in, in the end of the book, after Brad has been smashed with a vase, Anna is so enthralled with this that she tries to lead Corey upstairs to what he thinks is to potentially fuck, and he is totally down with it. <laughs> no, no, he changes his tune pretty quick. Well, after after she pulls out the letter well, opener. Well, she threatens his life. Yeah, but he, he goes up the stairs saying that he oh, can't resist totally her. Oh, he's totally like, oh, yeah. I can't resist Bone Town. He, we're gonna, thinks, he thinks he is we're going on the escalator to escalator right to Bone Zone. Yeah. And also he thinks that he he thinks that he is ready for Bone Zone. Mr. Mr. Kissy. I'm sure he's been to health class. He knows where it all goes. I don't think he does. Can we talk about how Anna somehow manages to move around town with the speed of a blue oh, hedgehog? She's a fucking demon, dude. Despite the fact of having no car as far as we know. She has no mode of transportation. Yeah. But she's like teleporting. Can we talk about how Corey's the biggest dick to his friends and they somehow still want to be friends with him? Let's see here. Can we talk about how when Corey goes to visit Lisa, he brings her a bag of chips and she takes those chips and she opens the bag and she puts them in a ceramic bowl. Like, what the fuck? Like, who does that? Just eat them out of the bag. Eat them out of the fucking bag. <laughs> also, can we talk about how in that same scene, they do like a lady in the tramp where they touch hands as they're reaching for the same chips and it's super cute, but they don't, they defucks it up and I hated him at that point. He's such a dipshit. Such a fucking dipshit. Can we talk about how he consistently ignores all of her advances and is completely oblivious to them, except for at one particular point at the end, and he says she looks sexy. Oh, that was creepy. When she's wearing a sweater and some jeans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. She's wearing a sweatshirt. He's already gone to a dance with her. Yeah, and she's she's just chilling in her in her home clothes, her her t-shirt and jeans. She's real sexy. And she's oh, she looks real sexy in that sweatshirt. It really it really does nothing for her profile. It's great. Can we talk about how I'm sorry, I still can't get over this scene where he goes over to her house and brings her cookies. <laughs> he goes over, okay, so there's a part where he goes and goes, can we talk about how when he goes to visit Lisa and brings her a box of cookies and then he fucks up and then he goes, can I take the cookies back? I know! And then she goes, nah, I'm gonna eat them. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? Might as well get fat. For one bottle. What the f what are you talking about? It's There's cookies. Like, like fucking. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't eat a whole box of them, but shit. Like, I, I like that that's her version of like being salty. It's like, fine. You guys just eat them and get fat then. Is that what you want? Have we have we gotten all the. I think that's all I can manage for this. All I can, that's all I want to deal with. I'm tired of this book. book. I'm done with this book. Well, you're lucky because there's two sequels. I fucking. Uh, it's a really small town. How many different stories of fear? Oh, there's there a be? lot of murder. Have you ever looked out of a window at a town and be like, I wonder how many stories. <laughs> right. Arl Stein did. Yeah. And, and look uh, where it got him. Well, uh, this is a fear street. It is a fear street. Meaning that it does not have a behind the screams. No. So I decided that I would reach out to our fellow smarty bumps and see what their thoughts are. Excellent. A couple of different people, a couple of different smarty bumps have written on this one. There's one really good one by um, Cecily. Cecily? Yes. Do you mean uh, Cecily? C-E-C-I-L-E-E. -E -E. Or they're, they're a smarty bump. They reviewed this almost two years ago. Their, their whole review is, your boy is dumb and thirsty. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is fucking accurate. That is spot on. This is a review from Ayachi. Three years ago. This book made me crazy. I became bad mood because of this. <laughs> I didn't know Guy could be so dumb when falling in love with a very beautiful girl. No offense. I hate Corey. Right? God, I'm so glad we're not alone. Smarty bumps, fist bump. Uh, fist this is, bump. And, th and this is from another smarty bump, Zokabi, who writes, still laughing. <laughs> One thing she pointed out that I think is buck wild. So we go to page 123. That's the start of the dance, right? Yeah. 
Do you want to know who was originally slated to be the record there? Oh, oh yes. I yes, I do. So much. Phil Collins. <laughs> I would love that. I would have loved that, too. That's still contemporary. I can't so this is Smarty Bump who had the original version. The air tonight. And... Oh, Lord. No, yeah. It should have been fucking I've Phil been Collins. Who was the other moment. one? Because it wasn't just oh one artist. It was also a second artist as well. Oh, no. Well, I don't know. But in Green my version, there wasn't a second <laughs> artist. <laughs> too good. I what was that? Yeah, I um, nailed it. The, the other thing, too, this Smarty Bump, Zokabi, uh, rated this book two out the window somersaults out of five. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you. Which is... God bless which you. Which is fucking You're doing the Lord's great. work. The, and then this this is an actual one from Shannon, uh, Smarty Bump, who rated this two years ago. Um, and I'll just read hers because I think it's a pretty good capstone. Oh, my God. Corey is one of the dumbest protagonists I've ever seen. <laughs> this guy was oblivious to everything going on around him, and he ignored red flag after red flag. I still don't even understand why Corey was so obsessed with Anna either. I guess because she was pretty. He saw her once from afar and maybe said hi in the hallway to her before she ran off all dramatic. Next thing I knew, he was finding out her number and address from the phone operator and showing up at her house in the middle of the night like a creep. Like, Corey doesn't even know this girl. Why? Correct. I couldn't deal with this character. Also, this version is updated. Certain details of the story seem less dated. It wasn't a big deal, but it took, oh, wow. It took me out of the book to hear references to iPods and Kanye West songs. <laughs> Part of this charm is this cheesy 90s setting, so I probably should have read my old copy instead of the one from Overdrive. It's correct. If you have an old copy, read that one. Thank you, fellow Smarty Bumps, for describing R.L. Stein's Fear Street, The you, New Girl. You nailed it. A very... Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Story. This makes Goosebumps look like fucking high art, man. Yeah. God, bring back the Goosebumps. Like, this had no fun to it. No. This was the least fun, least interesting story. And it was so dumb. Yeah. I couldn't relate to any of the nope. characters. I could relate to Corey in the sense of, like, I remember being in high school. And doing somersaults. And doing <laughs> well, I remember being in high school, and there was a girl who, in hindsight, was like, she probably liked me, and I just didn't notice because I was an idiot. Mm, okay. I did have that feeling, but I do want you to know that having that feeling made me just be like, fuck, I'm an idiot and want to not read this. Right? This is making me go bad places. Yeah. It's making me bad mood. And it is, again, like a book about people in, like... It's a book about nothing. It's a book about yes. nothing, but it's a book about, like, privileged kind of kids who, like, don't really have real problems. No. And the realest problem that happens in this is that somebody... Is, is is so horny for a new girl that they suck at gymnastics for four weeks. <laughs> that's it. And there isn't any real repercussions for Corey on anything he does that's completely buck wild. Yep. Calling somebody's house 800 times, failing all of your meets. There's no... Stalking? Yeah. It's fine. And he's fine. And he got the girl at the end. Yeah. Actually, as people are going to say, she got him. Yeah, which is at this point, she should be like, Oh, man. I, I wish she was our main character yeah, so badly. She's way better. I really hated Corey. I really like she Lisa. She makes more yeah. sense as a main character because she could have the dumb boyfriend, and she's the only one who sees Anna for what Anna exactly. is. And so she's the one who's getting the threats, and no one believes her. Exactly. That's a good story. Better story. Yeah. Thank, thanks for nothing, RL. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Reese, peace. Maybe writing male characters is not his strong point. Maybe not. No, that's why he only writes female characters in most of the Goosebumps books. Yeah, yeah actually, he yeah. does. It's much better. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think, we've, I think we've come as far as we possibly can yeah. with this terrible book. We squeezed as much blood out of this stone as we possibly could. I think you mean out of this cat. It's 120 no. degrees in here, so, like... Even I am noticing, like, we're not doing so good at the extended goofs, but at the same time, there's really not a lot we can do with this no, shit. It no. really sucks. Sometimes you just have to talk about the book and, and why it flummoxed you. Exactly. And it, and it did flummox us. Sometimes you talk about the book, man. But now it's dead. Yeah. Yep. And so are we. And so are we. Thank you to the band Dog Party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off of the album Hit and Run. Great song, great band, great album. You can check them out at dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com. Danielle, if you would please... Give us that final passage, if you would. <laughs> I realize this final passage sucks, too. Like, yeah. Everything about this yeah. sucks. It's fucking awful. Okay. The, the book's not a fun, not not a fun, a fun anything. Not a fun. This is one of those movies that's not, it's so bad, but not bad enough. Yeah. Not bad enough to be fun. Yeah. All right. Final passage. She put a hand gently on his shoulder. This is Lisa, by the way. This is Lisa. To Corey. <laughs> when it comes to girlfriends, you sure know how to pick them, she said. He sighed. 
Yeah. Maybe from now on I should let you pick them for me. Her hand went up to her face. His face. She rubbed the back of her hand tenderly over his cheek. Maybe I should, she said softly. He turned and looked at her. Got anyone in mind? Their faces were inches apart. She moved forward to fill in the inches. She kissed him. A long kiss. A sweet kiss. Maybe, she said. God, that's so bad. <laughs> It fucking hurts to hear. Uh, we lost Jeff. Jeff's yeah. gone catatonic. You can, you can stalk the new girl as long as you want, but at the end, you're still going to get the girl next door. Yep. I hate this book. Corey's white male privilege in a, in, a, in a nutshell, in a cat shell, in a dead cat shell. I'm JoJo. I have a PhD. I'm Danielle. I think I lost my PhD because of this book. I'm Jeff, and I have a headache. Thank you for joining us for Geesebumps, the Digimean Goosebumps podcast. And remember, stay out of the basement. Just like somebody I used to-